Good morning. Thank you for joining this morning. Practice of being aware of awareness. Perhaps we start this morning with a poem from Mary Oliver from her collection, A Thousand Mornings. The name of the poem is The Poet Compares Human Nature to the Ocean from Which We Came. The sea can do craziness. It can do smooth. It can lie down like silk breathing or toss havoc shoreward. It can give gifts or withhold all. It can rise, ebb, froth, like an incoming frenzy of fountains or it can sweet talk entirely. As I can too. And so no doubt can you. And you. So in this practice, we watch as attention finds the state of our inner ocean. Like waves, they can be very active, stormy. or like after the storm, they can be smooth and silky. But first and foremost, we're going in for the experience that we're actually having right now. What is life offering to us to meet, to be with? to get curious and undefended within.
and we notice how attention wants to taste all the different aspects of what is. And we just watch that process. Sometimes thoughts can whiz by so fast. We can get in kind of a little mesmerized little stupor. But the presence The center holds. Something, and it certainly may not be mind, but something is allowing everything that happens to come all the way through, to be seen, to be met, to be felt. And if there's energies of resistance to be resisted, just to fully feel the resistance. Awareness accepts the resistance unconditionally. Awareness does not even resist resistance. There are no conditions by which this presence, by which awareness says, no, not you, I'm sorry, not today. Everything is allowed. And in this wide open allowance, we can get curious about when the constriction occurs, when there's a clench, when there's an inner no, which is only apparent because awareness has let it fully in. To reveal the inner no. And this is the experience that's before us. We just notice this undefendedness to watching the inner yeses and the inner noes. like this habitual background sorting mechanism. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, God, no. Yes. Yeah, well, maybe. 
Mm, not sure. No, yes, 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 yes. We can just watch and feel. And just allow it all to unfurl like a flag in the wind. Total freedom of movement. So one of the kind of essential ingredients of the ego is linear content. It's got to have a timeline to lay down the specific details and then lather on the emotional, emotionalized perception. So we can just notice when we look at the mirror of our mind, if we see any thoughts of past, often lathered on with the emotionalized perception of regret, thoughts of the present, what claim to be the present. Lathered on with worry. And thoughts of the future. Which can have a really low level but consistent drumbeat of fear, foreboding, apprehension, even dread. Because the fact is that none of us know what will happen. It's not knowable. But mine doesn't say it's not knowable, you can relax. Mind says, it's not knowable. You must contract. You don't know. 
it posits a scenario by which it could be known, says you're not there, and says, therefore, we, we got to constrict. And oftentimes, during quiet times, dedicated quiet times, call them meditation times, we get a chance to really see this, this experience that life offers us that oftentimes we don't have enough presence, conscious awareness to go in for the fullness of the experience and allow it to come to its natural end. So the more willing we are to go in for the fullness of experience, whatever's here, without interference, the more those particular, particular energies are free to find the most direct path to their resolution, to their natural end. And we're invited more and more if it's available and maybe it may not be to really get curious about where the energies start in our body 
where they rise, what areas they coalesce around, whether breathing deeply is happening naturally or whether kind of a holding of breath is happening naturally, depending on what we're experiencing. And just notice that this whole apparatus body, just like the experience of life, goes through expansion and contraction with every breath. There's a natural rhythm. Every, every breath can be said to reach its natural end. if there is not interference. And more and more, we're just invited to become that, which is a cooperative component in this quantum field of, of non-judgment. this yielding, this allowing. This ongoing manifestation of natural beginnings, natural middles and natural ends. And past, present, and futures is just one of those natural cycles. Mind is going to cycle through it. The highest path, there's lots of different paths. But best I can figure, the highest one is to trust that everything is cycling through its natural creative expression and everything in form will come to its natural end. And we can resist that. We can yield to that. Or we can step out entirely. And just watch. Not, not imagining ourselves in it, but knowing ourselves to be that in which the that plays out.
So I'll read you this quote by uh, Dr. David Hawkins. If the ego has neither past, present, or future to focus on, it falls silent and is replaced by the silence of the presence. Thus, the way to sudden enlightenment is available at all times. It occurs naturally when the fascination with the story of the me, of the past, present, or future is relinquished. The illusion of now is replaced by the reality of always. I'll read that again. If the ego has neither past, present, or future to focus on, it falls silent and is replaced by the silence of the presence. Thus, the way to sudden enlightenment is available at all times. It occurs naturally when the fascination with the story of the me, of the past, present, or future is relinquished. The illusion of now is replaced by the reality of always. You can see why in some meditation traditions, they instruct to notice a thought and then let go of it. Like in the loving consciousness method, 
As soon as you notice it, it says turn away. Because to give attention to the thought is to, in essence, localize attention in that vibration. And in that sense, it doesn't matter if it's a happy thought or a sad thought. Thought is just simply a lower vibration than the presence to which it arises. So it's a retraining from focusing down and lower. to more and more getting used to allowing attention to stay broad, open, and in training it to presence, to what is, to the constant, as opposed to the thought, to the what comes and goes to the oh-so-temporary. In this practice, we don't give that instruction. We don't speak to a you and tell a you what to do. Because you, we know, are not what focuses on a thought or lets it go. You are what that whole thing plays out in, is seen by. And is made of. I'll read that quote again. It's by Dr. Hawkins. If the ego has neither past, present, nor future to focus on, it falls silent and is replaced by the silence of the presence. Thus, the way to sudden enlightenment is available at all times. It occurs naturally when the fascination with the story of the me of the past, present, or future 
is relinquished. The illusion of now is replaced by the reality of always. Even the word always is just inherently true, is it not? Even the way is always. The deep inner vow to always. To knowing that this moment is perfect, that life is perfect. That this manifestation, this expression is perfect. Always. Is awareness present right now? Is it present in some ways? Or always? the aliveness that we are 
present in some ways right now? Or always? the knowingness by which this moment is known. Here in some ways. Or always. There, another quote, Dr. Hawkins. The core of the ego 
is narcissistic pride. It's a very direct quote. <laughs> the core of the ego is narcissistic pride. Secretly, it thinks that it is God. Without undue strain, it can be caught in its secret inflationary dualistic presumptions, which are undone by simple humility. This is the doorway to freedom and the experience of happiness. So again, the core of the ego is narcissistic pride. Secretly, it thinks that it is God. Without undue strain, it can be caught in its secret inflationary dualistic presumptions which are undone by simple humility. This is the doorway to freedom and the experience of happiness.
So this is an opportunity for us to listen in when mind is telling us the story of a me. If the ego has neither past, present, nor future to focus on, it falls silent and is replaced by the silence of the presence. Thus, the way to sudden enlightenment is available at all times. It occurs naturally when what? When the fascination with the story of the me, of the past, present, and future, is relinquished. I can't relinquish something I don't see. I can't relinquish something I don't hear. So the first desire is those with ears, let them hear. Can you hear the whispering of the story of the me? that's either doing this meditation right or doing life right or doing this meditation or this life wrong. It's pouring out the highlights, the low lights, all the in-betweens. Is there a desire to relinquish what Dr. Hawkins calls the fascination? with this inner storyteller that many of us are just desperate to either silence or get its approval. It's just how the psyche is built. And the core of the ego is narcissistic pride. It secretly thinks it is God. There's nothing the ego cannot claim including this moment and how you're doing or how you're not doing. He says, without undue strain, I mean, you don't need the supernatural powers. And this is not actually subconscious. If we will to hear it, my experience is we can hear a lot more of it than we think. And we can catch it in its secret inflationary dualistic presumptions that there's a you. It's going to tell you that there's a you and that you're doing it well or not doing it well. It has already made a you separate from it and separate from life and separate from others. It's already established this linear content with specific details. And then here comes the emotionalized perception. All of that can be undone by simple humility. For me of late, the practice of simple humility is the humility to pick up a pen for three minutes and just dump it out and look at it. It is instantly caught thinking it's God. I can instantly see the secret inflationary dualistic presumptions. If I do this, someone else will do this. If I don't do this, someone, 
There are all these different ways. I can stay safe. I can make you safe. Or I can at least have you not make me feel unsafe. And on and on. Prescriptions for the house, the, the family, the community, the church, the world. I'll share one more quote. The real self, capital S self, brings up the false self for investigation, which eventually leads to the disassembly of the ego structure itself. In the beginning, a seeker assumes there is a personal self that is seeking the real self, actually. It is the real self that is drawing the seeker to it. So again, the real self brings up the false self for investigation, which eventually leads to the disassembly of the ego structure itself. In the beginning, a seeker assumes there is a personal self that is seeking the real self. Actually, it is the real self that is drawing the seeker to it.
brings us to the end of our hour. <laughs>